This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 565, Feb 23, 2021. 59 degrees was the high on this day in 1958. And it was 25 below in 1889. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king. Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I have a new entry, the third already, uh, in my end of the world file. Oh. Uh, Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates warned that there will be dire consequences if the world does not achieve zero net carbon emissions by the year 2050. In his new book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster, Gates says that it is imperative that the world go from the current 51 billion tons of emissions to zero within the next 30 years to avoid catastrophe. So last Friday, the UN says, no, we're out of time. It has to be today. Then John Kerry said, we have nine day, uh, nine years. And now here's uh, Billy Gates with 30 years. Hmm. So that goes right, hmm. in, the, right wow. in the file there. Do you think yeah, that they need... Go ahead, Kenny. I'm sorry. That's what I saw on Sunday morning when he was uh, interviewed on Fox. Yeah. 30 years we got. We're all right. They need to get together, though, and come up with a, a better plan because they're all kind of going off on their own. They need well, to get we their need plan one to- number, don't we? Yeah, we need, they need to get yeah. their plan together. Well, speaking of which, Mount Etna, Europe's most active volcano, has awed even-seasoned volcanologists in recent days with spectacular spurts of lava lighting up the Sicilian sky each night. The latest eruption overnight petered out by around 9 o'clock Tuesday morning, according to the Italy's National Institute for Geophysics and Volcanology. For over a week, Etna has been belching lava, spewing ash, and volcanic rocks on a regular basis. The nearby Catania Airport closed temporarily. The residents of the town of Padera said it appeared one day last week as if it were raining rocks as a thick blanket of ash covered the town. Volcanologist Boris Bechny of the National Institute's Etna Observation Center has followed the latest paroxysms with awe. Writing on the Institute's website this week, he said that after gifting us moments of suspense over the previous nights, Etna finally erupted in a way that those of us who have worked in this for decades have rarely seen. So they're happy about it. But that's spewing more crud into the ocean than, or into the air than me and my car, isn't it? Well, then that means we need another uh, section of government to take care of the volcanoes, right? But speaking of which... Yep. Uh... Speaking of which, let me find it. It's very important. Very important. Uh, Jordy notes that a train carrying oil tankers 
collided with an 18-wheeler in central Texas, maybe you've seen the video, sparking a massive explosion, but the driver and conductor have survived. Train carrying oil tankers collides with an 18-wheeler in central Texas, sparking a massive explosion. The crash unfolded at around 6.45 a.m. today outside the town of Cameron, about an hour northeast of Austin. The train was carrying oil tankers that exploded on impact with the semi-truck, and Jordy notes if only there was a safer way to transport oil. So let's turn to Kelsey, who did the math. He did the math. Uh... Cancel the Keystone Pipeline because of environmental concerns? Uh, Come again. Why? The Keystone Pipeline would, upon completion, carry more than 800,000 barrels of oil, or 33.6 million gallons, through the pipeline per day with no emissions. A barrel of oil is 42 gallons, not to be confused with an oil drum, which is 55 gallons. Because a gallon of oil weighs between 7.5 and 7.8 pounds per gallon, most trucks can't carry more than 130 barrels of oil at a time without violating our Department of Transportation laws of 80,000 pounds on a roadway. That's truck and cargo weight. It would take 6,154 more trucks going from Canada to the Gulf Coast to move that same amount of oil, and that's every single day. A rail car holds approximately 30,000 gallons of oil or 700 barrels. It would take uh, 12 to 15 trains pulling a total of 1,143 rail cars every day to move the same amount of oil from Canada to the Gulf Coast. Trains and trucks emitting more emissions and burning more fuel that would be eliminated by the pipeline. So when the protesters tell you this is about the environment, it is not. That would be a lie. Just thought you should know. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Hmm. I had the brim shut ready. I didn't know if he was going in a different direction. No, 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 no. And uh, according to the Babylon Bee, Hasbro Hasbro has come out with a new game. Oh. uh, Jordy notes. Uh, It's a game called Fauci Says, where you have to try to keep up with an electronic voice telling you to do a variety of tasks. (laughs) Whether Fauci tells you to double mask, close down schools, lock down forever, or jump off a bridge, you'll have to comply or you'll lose the game says the narrator over Hasbro's debut commercial for the game. What wacky thing will Fauci have you do next? No one knows. The commercial then shows a happy family competing in the game. They're all having fun, trying to mask, unmask, social distance, then not social distance, and perform a variety of contradictory instructions until one of them fails to put on a seventh mask in time and is cast out of the family for being anti-science per the game's instruction manual. You just got Fauci, the rest of the family says in glee as the youngest daughter packs her bags. Sorry, that's just Fauci says. Dr. Fauci lent his voice talents to the game for a more realistic feel. Many of the commands are taken right from actual press conferences and interviews, from the time he told Americans to stop wearing masks to the time he told them to wear masks for the next few years. Hasbro says the game is super relevant and timely, and also to be careful because there's a recording device in the game, and you'll be reported if you fail to comply with any of the commands. Have fun! Fun for the whole family. <laughs> Fun for the whole family. There's a I tiny think old, little uh, piece in the strip today, excuse me, Joe, uh, that says, don't get rid of your masks too soon. We might still have to wear masks in 2022. I, I don't suspect Fauci of any evil doing. I, I suspect he's doing the best he can. So, oh, but it's sorry. A, it, it's a fun Hasbro game. <laughs> By the way, I was uh, I, I had made a stop late last week at an... In, a, in an inner ring suburb city where I'm not kidding, I'm not making this up, I did see a woman wearing 
three masks. Three? No joke. Three? Wow. Really? Huh. And I don't know if that was cold related, but it wasn't really that cold that day. So I'm not sure if, uh, if she was drinking the Kool-Aid or what was going on. Uh, Downing notes, uh, now that Trump is no longer president, have the major news organizations furloughed their fact checkers. On Monday, President Biden made much of the numbers of U.S. COVID deaths topping 500,000. In fact, I heard him say this. I listened to it. He told us that this is more deaths than from World War I, World War II, and the Vietnam War combined. I'm hearing crickets, Downing notes, not fact checkers. World War I, 116,516 U.S. soldiers dead. World War II, 405,399. Vietnam, 58,209. That's 580,124, which was still more than 500,000 when I was in school. Uh, Downing, I think we should appoint Downing as the official fact checker of the show. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, although you can't really accuse Biden of lying there. I, I would call that a gaffe. Uh, if anything, but, he might have a little heart-to-heart with his speechwriter. You could say the same thing about Trump, who is just, 90% of his speeches, he was just winging it. But they didn't call it gaffes when he was in. Uh, yeah, but I'm going to call this a gaffe. I don't think it's an intentional lie, for God's sake. Oh my God, are you are you the chairman of the Democratic Party, or well, are you just well, a, I, well, unfortunately, unfortunately, the the damn disease is on a pace to surpass <laughs> the deaths of World War One, Two, in Vietnam. It just hadn't yesterday when he gave his speech. That's all. Yeah, and, uh, and Kenny, I know, wants me to say this, but they weren't gaffes when Trump was saying them. I'm sorry, they were. Oh, John. But the thing is <laughs> with Biden. We're going to wrestle, John. We're going to wrestle. <laughs> Ooh, uh, oil wrestle. But with Biden, Ooh, though, isn't this just a, I mean, he's burgundy. He's just saying whatever they put on the teleprompter. Well, he is very prone uh, to some verbal uh, what? Uh and mistakes. so was Trump. Mistakes. And so was Trump. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Kenny, let's just isolate this one incident, and then I won't argue with you. I'm just going to tell you why you're wrong. The uh, <laughs> to tell us that COVID has claimed more deaths than World War One, Two, and Vietnam combined. Uh, at at 500,000 was simply uh, possibly just even rounding it off, perhaps. Maybe he didn't even feel the need to give the exact number. The point is, I don't think he walked out there to create a specific lie. He just, his his speechwriter gave him the wrong number. Boom, period, you're wrong. Who put a question mark on the teleprompter. That's right. He'll read anything you put up there. I'm just trying to head off what the GLers are typing into their emails right about I don't think GLers are worked up about the idea that uh, uh, Trump went out there and I mean, Biden went out there and purposely told a fib. It's not. It's well, just I think a, they should be. Well, it's a gaff. It's a gaff. <laughs> the difference between a gaff and a fib. Right, Johnny. That's right, Joe. I agree completely. Yeah. Whatever you so say. <laughs> Playing the role of rookie. <laughs> See, a great thought, a great thought from Bob, Bob Wolf. I don't think he'd mind me using his last name. He said, during Monday's uh, usual extraordinary show, thank you, I started to think of a scenario that might help to turn the tide. He's talking about the livability and safety of downtown Minneapolis. You discuss possibly one of the larger corporations pulling the plug might be the beginning of the end. 
By the way, the author of the National Review piece, Kevin D. Williamson, will be joining us tomorrow. Yes, right we'll at have the top him on of the, the show. show tomorrow. Yep. Right. And I can continue to pursue uh, the answer that many GLers keep trying to give me, but I haven't, I haven't found one yet that I happen to believe in. And that's what's in it for progressive attitudes to ruin a city. What's, what's the end game? And maybe he has an answer. Uh, anyway, back to Bob. During Monday's uh, show, I started to think of a scenario that might help to turn the tide. You discussed possibly one of the larger corporations. Pulling the plug might be the beginning of the end. I started to Google. The Twins' home opener is April 8. Opening statements for the Chauvin trial are scheduled for March 29. Uh, okay. It's hard to predict when the verdict will be read, but I think if Mr. Polad would call out our city leaders publicly for the safety of the fans... The boy mayor and city council would be forced to offer a response. Maybe even Governor Lumberjack would offer an axe-throwing exhibit on the plaza. I heard he learned how to throw due north from the metro. I would also hope that Glenn Taylor and the Wolf Brothers would be on standby to, to follow their concerns as follow with their concerns as well. Regardless of the trial outcome, we all know the weather will be warmer and unfortunately just another opportunity for looting and lawlessness. Someone's got to force this dialogue now rather than just call out the National Guard, because once the Guard is gone, all Minneapolis has got is a depleted, depleted police force. Keep pushing back. Let me uh, let me re recast his thoughts, which I think are wonderful. There is no brotherhood anymore. We've talked about the brotherhood, haven't we? Yep. In the old days, the head of Wells Fargo and U.S. Bank and Target would have uh, would have constituted a brotherhood, but they've they've been uh, they've been a bit uh, handcuffed. They've been a bit diminished in their outspokenness, if in fact they ever were inclined to be outspoken, because they're afraid of being canceled or not properly woke enough or what have you. But uh, I think it makes a great idea for for Dave St. Peter and the Wilfs and whoever wants to represent Glenn Taylor to demand a meeting with the mayor and have a come-to-Jesus meeting and say, look, combined, they could do the math, they could bring in a whiteboard with just the statistics. Look, we bring in uh, 200,000, 400,000, 700,000 people into downtown Minneapolis every year, and that's going to end if you don't get your act together and clean this mess up. I think it would have a powerful, powerful effect on even someone as obtuse as Fry. I really do. And you know what? We're already making the assumption that they haven't done that. Yeah. Because yeah. I know that, that especially <laughs> the Twins, are very concerned about this because they have 81 dates. with I, I don't even know if they're going to have limited fans this year, but they have 81 dates to worry about. And they can't really move, can they? No. <laughs> no, and apparently Taylor would prevent the moving of the Timberwolves. The Wolves are pretty handcuffed, committed to a stadium that we built them. Uh, so these teams, they're not necessarily going anywhere, but they are destined to fail unless you get some political leadership there that straightens this mess out. And in all honesty, the Twins were very fortunate that they weren't allowed to have fans last year because mm -hmm. I think they, they, they would have had a very poor attendance for the, for the season. Yeah, and light rail is no longer the way to get to the game. Oh, God, no. So oh, there's big, big, big problems. But who has the clout? Well, the Twins, the Timberwolves, and the Vikings have the clout, don't they? Yeah, I mean, player salaries alone, look at what they're paying in taxes in this state. Somebody's got to get to this guy and say, do you, if you looked out your window, do you see what's happening? The whole town right now as we speak is being boarded up Joe, because of the trial. listen what Annette Meeks told us yesterday about her high-rise, which yeah. I'm sure is a very posh high-rise, 
They had what's his name come in the council yep. member and said, "You need more security." Are you yep, kidding yeah. me? That's your answer. Mm-hmm. That's Fletcher, who represents the North Loop area. I meant to ask Annette Meeks, "Do you do you now regret having moved there?" I'm sure when she and her husband moved there, I don't know if they have kids. I'm sure when she and her husband moved there, it was in the full blush of this successful cafe society mm-hmm. that Minneapolis was was promoting and touting. And that's disappeared. That's disappeared. Yep. I believe they're empty nesters. Okay. Well, yeah. in any event, in any event, I, I, I might have I, I might have uh, asked her if she has any regrets about investing that kind. I'm sure it's not a cheap place she's living in. And uh, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to live downtown Minneapolis right now. Not that I ever would have, but I, I don't want to right now. Would you guys assume that light rail will remain safe down in downtown, do uh, during events just due to the sheer number of people? I think if I was going to take light rail, I'd be worried about getting on at Cedar, Lake Street, Thirty uh, Eighth, Forty Six, etc. I think that's where you'd be more in danger of being uh, robbed than you would be right in downtown because there's huge lines and you're you're nose to tail when you're in those cars you're, leaving a game. You're saying like a leaving of the day of a Vikings game or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. But the problem is, Kenny, those long lines that used to transport people that were you know working downtown, those lines aren't there anymore because no one's working downtown, or very right. I should say, very few people are working downtown. Well, here's another question we haven't really explored, and that is uh, whether whether good or bad, many people have discovered that they've enjoyed working from home and and have done it so successfully that they can really Johnny Heights give me the thumbs up. Well, they've done three it three out of three out of four right here, Joe. They've done it so successfully that they have no reason to go back. Has that ever been addressed? I, I, a kid I used to have a, as a fairly important situation, and he hasn't been in an office for a year and hopes never to return. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't have to. Yeah. But He's managed to do everything from where he is. And once businesses realize what, how much they're saving by not having however many employees in a building, they're, of course they're going to take that measure. So if they're a downtown employer with uh, 10 floors, they, own, they have 10 floors in the IDS, I'm just spitballing here, they could easily uh, move to the suburbs out of a two-level unit in Bloomington, right? Mm-hmm. Or even, even differently, just stay at home. Of the thousands of people who work for Target, Wells Fargo, and U.S. Bank, I wonder how many of them are currently working from home. Right. Because we say, or Williamson said in his piece, that if one of those major corporations would choose to leave, it could start a snowball effect, a dominoes effect. But if they're not down there now, what difference does it make if they leave? Well, I have a friend uh, who works for a, a big brand in this state who opted last month. He has a couple of young kids who opted to, yeah, I'll work from home and take you know a 10% pay cut or whatever. And, Recently said, boy, was that a dumb idea to raise your hand. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, it doesn't work out perfectly for everybody. Right. But I was going to ask you, Joe, what's it? It's got to be worse in downtown St. Paul because that was already a ghost town. Yeah, the the uh, the uh, vacancy rates are pretty high. It's there's not much uh, there's not much happening. There's not much well, happening. That, 
so Detroit is happening already. I mean, we're already turning into that. But but to uh, but to cut some slack to Minneapolis and St. Paul, you have to remember, this is true everywhere closest to the country's tallest buildings. Portland is is a shambles. Uh, Seattle, well, Portland is no more. No, it doesn't Let's exist face it. anymore. Yeah, dreadful situation. Dreadful situation. I got to get to Red Savoy this week. I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood. Yeah. Well, it's a lid lift. It's a it's, it's a spirit lifter. It's time for some pie, is what you're saying. Well, that was a tight that, corner, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. He, took, he took that corner. You all hit four the wheel stakes. All four wheels stayed on the ground. And I'm talking about Red Savoy, the original Red Savoy, founded in 1965 over on 7th Street by Red Schoenheider with a fabulous, fabulous recipe that's passed down now to read. It's all, all good. Soda style, S-O-T-A, great toppings, great cheese, great deals right now for GLers. You go onto the Red Savoy app or go to, uh, go to SavoyPizza.com. Uh, you can sign up and use GL at checkout to get free wings the next time you order or design your own pizza. At, one of you, at any one of the metro areas, Red Savoy Pizza Parlors. They still call them parlors? Pizza parlors. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Pizza Let's go store. to a pizza parlor. Well, you got Red Savoy and Apple Valley and Blaine and Burnsville and Egan and Eden Prairie, Edina, Hugo, Lakeville, Osseo, Roseville, St. Louis Park. It's just, it's really convenient. They're everywhere. Downtown St. Paul with a wild train right there on, uh, don't tell me. Come St. Peter Street. There you go. East side of St. Paul on White Bear Avenue. St. Paul on Snelling. Out in Vadness Heights in Woodbury. And it is the best. It's a secret recipe. It really is. It's been handed down since 1965. It's available at every single Red Savoy location. And uh, GLers, you're going to absolutely enjoy it. Red Savoy Pizza. Sioux Falls is the place, and now is the time. Sioux Falls has build-ready sites and available buildings to get your company up and running fast. Any size company will find fewer taxes, less red tape, and higher profits in Sioux Falls. Check them out online today at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Yeah, old Saul came up today and DK Mags. They threw open the doors at 10 a.m. on Old 8 in New Brighton. And uh, people continue to step up to me and ask about buying a, hun- a handgun for home defense. And I'm still singing the same song. You know, if you know nothing about firearms and if you haven't handled one in years or ever, a handgun is an awful choice unless, here's a caveat, unless you plan on doing all the due diligence, getting training, spending hours in ranges, and shooting up hundreds if not thousands of rounds in order to become proficient. Get yourself a shotgun, take safety training, and familiarize yourself with it by sending a few boxes, 100 rounds, whatever, downrange. You get used to it. You know how to use it. And shotgun ammo, a lot easier to find and afford. And it just so happens, I was on DKMags.com this morning. They've got a nice variety of shotguns on hand, including this new little affordable unit I've never seen before or heard of this company, LKCI Omega. A company I know nothing about, but you know how you solve that. A quick call or visit to dkmags.com. All my questions will be answered. The process of purchasing your first firearm, not one to be taken lightly. And thankfully, DK Mags and Monticello Pawn and Gun, for that matter, can lend their expertise, including 
where and how to get training. And if it's not on hand in the stores, it can probably be ordered. It's a fairly simple process, and DK Mags can handle that one with easy. A gun shop for GLers run by GLers. It's DKMags.com. Coca-Cola employees were urged to be less white <laughs> as part of the company's diversity training. But the this. material was taken offline following a viral whistleblower post. I'm reading from the New York Post. The Confronting Racism course in question was offered by LinkedIn Education and allegedly utilized by the soft drink Titan. In the U.S. and other Western nations, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white, reads one of the slides, allegedly sent from an internal whistleblower and posted on Twitter by YouTube commentator Carolyn Borisinko. Another slide suggests try to be less white. Okay. With tips including be less oppressive, be, uh, listen, believe, and break with white solidarity. Borisenko, who described herself as a supporter of banning critical race theory, said the screenshots were sent to her from an internal whistleblower from Coca-Cola who told her the course was required. Uh, her tweet from Friday has garnered 18,000 retweets and 34,000 likes. On Monday, LinkedIn said it had pulled the controversial course written by sociologist Robin D'Angelo, the author of White Fragility. The Confronting Racism course featuring Robin D'Angelo is no longer available in our course library at the request of the third-party content provider we licensed this content from, Nicole Leverich, Vice President of Corporate Communications, told Newsweek. Uh... Leverage continued, we provide a wide variety of learning content, more than 270 courses on the topic of diversity, inclusion, and belonging. We will continue to add new courses to help people learn the skills they need to be more successful in their career, including the foundational skills we all need to be effective allies and help to build a more equitable future. Coca-Cola denied the training was mandatory. Newsweek reported, but Borisenko told the outlet that multiple workers said it was, in fact, required. Uh, the drink giant told Newsweek that while its Better Together initiative included access to the LinkedIn diversity training, the course was not part of the company's curriculum. We will continue to listen to our employees and refine our learning programs as appropriate, the company said. Please foghorn that. To be less white is, this is part of the story, is to be less oppressive, less, ig less arrogant, less certain, less defensive, less ignorant, more humble, listen, believe, break with apathy, break with white solidarity. Uh, I think I can dumb this down for us. Please. <clears throat> First of all, uh, to be less white is uh, impossible uh, on the face of it, any more than it's possible to be less black. You are what you are. But there's a contradiction here. To be less white is to be less certain, but more, and also less ignorant. Well, which is it? Less certain implies to me a certain degree of ignorance. So you want me to be less certain, 
but you also want me to be less ignorant. That makes no sense. But there's a... Go ahead. Go ahead. Isn't certainty confidence? Yes. What's wrong with confidence? I'm going to get to that because I'm I'm seeing a very dark side to this, a very dark side. First of all, it's all BS that it's been dreamed up out of whole cloth. Critical race theory is merely the means by which you are to be humbled and admonished for the fate of your birth. But it's worse than that. It's worse than that. Not necessarily unrelated was a piece in today's Wall Street Journal written by uh, William McGurn, uh, who writes the Main Street column on the Washington in the Wall Street Journal editorial pages. And what we learn is the, he calls it the woke model minority myth. I can link this to Coca-Cola in just a moment. The North Thurston Public Schools in Lacey, Washington, made headlines in November when their equity report classified Asian Americans along with whites as uh, in, instead of students of color. In other words, the Asians were lumped with whites and not considered to be students of color in that school district. Apparently, the Asian Americans were doing too well academically to be students of color. After what the district said was an overwhelming public response, great, there was pushback, it admitted its category choices had racist implications and dropped the equity report from its website. Uh, Asian Americans are caught in a bind, condemn the system of white supremacy and privilege along with other people of color, or be banished from the victim group as white adjacent said Wen Yuan Wu, Executive Director of Californians for Equal Rights. The end goal here is to pit people against each other as if our hyphenated identities are bigger than our common destiny as Americans. All right, here's, uh, here, here's the problem. And we touched on this when we learned of the reforms that are scheduled to take place in the Minnesota Social Studies curriculum in Minnesota's public schools. What the progressives are doing They're defining achievement, uh, wealth, family, faith, and discipline as merely affectations of having been born white, which is tantamount to telling a child of color, we don't expect you to be successful, we don't expect you to achieve. Those are white affectations that you don't have to worry about. Rather than see them as universal values, they are now being used by the progressive mysterians to disabuse people of color, children of color in particular in the failed academy, of being the, being the uh, captains of their own destiny. They're being told that that is a white privilege dynamic in your life to be the captain of your own destiny, which is, again, tantamount to, why don't you just put your foot on that black kid and hold him down? It's truly stunning to me. Truly stunning to me. Examples abound. A report last year called The Secret Shame notes how public schools in America's most progressive cities have been failing their black and Latino children for decades. How does New York Mayor Bill de Blasio respond? In January, America's self-styled progressive-in-chief announced that New York will abolish the entrance exam for the city's gifted and talented programs for young students. If you can't fix the schools that are broken, you cut down to size the schools that are working. Uh, 
it's it's truly uh, truly amazing. The progressive contention is that admitting students on individual merit is really about holding upholding white dominance. But then the fly in their ointment is well, what about Asian American success? Well, in this narrative, that's using the model minority myth as a wedge against African Americans to send them the false message that with strong families and hard work, America's racism can be overcome. The progressives want children of color to believe that is a false message. Somebody's going to have to help me understand how evil these people are. And I'm going to say this again because I've said it 10,000 times. Parents, black parents, save your children. Progressive Mysterians are not doing your children a favor. They're hurting your children. Calling it, a progressive, calling it progressive to send children of color the message that achievement is white is an irony lost on the woke people. Bigoted laws such as the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882 or actions such as the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II were once thought among the worst stains on American history left by anti-Asian racism. But these days, the characterization of Asian Americans as the model minority triggers the woke. Asian Americans don't fail enough to be considered people of color. How do you like that? <laughs> so they've been banished and called white-adjacent. Why, you Asian Americans, you're no better than white people. Isn't this amazing? Isn't this amazing? To think that, to, to, call, to call achievement merely a result of whiteness is not only ridiculous, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And here you have it in the failed academy, uh, school after school after school, rushing to uh, uh, forward this preposterous idea that uh, universal values that have worked throughout time are not universal values. They are exclusively owned and uh, uh, result in privilege for white people. You used a phrase a while back, and it's ringing true right now. We are just simply never going to be woke enough can't be woke enough. We're never going to be woke enough. Mm -hmm. Will we ever reach a point in this country where we're all just people? No, because the progressives are determined, <laughs> as, as McGurn notes, the progressives are determined to put people pitted against each other. My friends are my friends. Uh, the, uh, and <laughs> that's just... the. Uh, their the ethnicity and race and religion never figures in. Why, what's so hard about that? Why is because that that's seen to be white. That is seen to be white. And white is what's under attack. White right. is evil. The principal reason for this is the fact that Asian American uh, is the fact of Asian American achievement. This is an embarrassment to progressives because it undermines the claim that structural racism dooms non-white citizens to the margins of the American dream. So Asian American achievement must either be dismissed or somehow white or sacrificed, oh no, needs, to, needs either to be dismissed as somehow white or sacrificed at the altar of equity. Isn't this something? 
It's Isn't dumbfounding. Isn't this something? It's, it's astonishing. But, it, but what's amazing, too, is I'm sitting here trying to think, how, how would anyone in the right, uh, at the right level of success, how can you combat that? Because you're just going to be labeled. Mm-hmm. You can't fight against this kind of thinking mm-hmm. in 2021. You can't. Uh, to to think that achievement is a property only of white people is to do a a horrific disservice to everybody else in the world. To everybody else in the world. It is not exclusively the property of white people. It's a it's a an ephemeris goal that has no ownership. Achievement has no ownership. A black kid can sit in a math class and get the same damn good grade as a white kid or an Asian kid. There's no reason not to. But these black kids keep being made less than. It's it's a sin. Remember that quaint old concept? Committing a sin? Remember that old concept? Mm -hmm. They're sinning. The Mysterian progressives are sinning against children of color. They're sinning. You have to back up a little bit. Just back up. 30 seconds. Not all white people got straight A's. Come on. <laughs> we know a lot that, of us of ended, A lot of us ended up as traffic reporters and working no, no, out at the airport. No, and, of course you know what we I mean? know. That adds a further preposterous note to the claim that any achievement is merely because you're white. Yeah. No, there's plenty of white right. failure to go around. Right. Good Lord. I can read up a storm, but uh, I... St- have difficulties with math. I can't you know? sing like Al Green. <laughs> Boy, that's that's the fact right there. That's you, also, fact. you also can't make a three. I can't make a three. I can't make an eight. Right. I can't run as like Delvin Cook. I can't sing like Alvin Green. I can't act like Sidney Poitier. I can't write like, uh, oh, who's the playwright I'm thinking of? Uh, oh, my Katie God. There's been... No, there's been many successful black authors. Uh, I, I'm telling you something. This this is a, this is a sin a sin committed against uh, so-called marginalized people, with with the with the with the end result keeping them marginalized. It's a sin committed on the human race. Yes, it's a sin on all of us. This is to keep them marginalized. To convince them, no, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. You're, the people who make it are white. The idea that you can have a home and have a family and have a college degree and have success and have discipline and have faith, those are all, those are all white coattails. They have nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. And I submit to you that's, that's a recent development of the Mysterian movement. It's a recent development in the failed academy. I don't think 50 years ago even kids were being marg- uh, black kids were being told, you've got no shot. Okay, were, but now, uh, go ahead, John. I still need to formulate my deal. I was just going to say, his coffee too. at least there is a positive to this in that the bad part is they had to get a bunch of pushback about it. But the positive is, at least they got rid of that equity model then after the pushback. But it shouldn't take that pushback to make them do that. I mean, it should, you know. But are they doing it? Should it should never happen in the first place. Are they doing it because they feel some type of inherent pressure from the outside to to create something like this? Is that why they're by doing a, it? By, yeah, by yeah by that's my question right there. Yeah. Why? What's and the question is to both you and John or Joe. To what ends? Why? 
much like we ask about well, the liberal agenda in Minneapolis. Why? So in other why words, are they doing it, this? How are they benefiting? Is Coca-Cola saying? Oh my God! We, you know they're they're either getting pushback from employees for not having a program in place, or is it because they're they're being pressured from the outside world? Why? Why? Who in who in God's name at Coca Cola's thought this is a great idea? We have to start this program immediately. Well, they have a. Uh, I'm sure they have uh, ten people, if not more, employed as diversity managers, and those people have nothing to do in life except dream up this BS. So they're on the lookout all the time for these seminars they can subject to employees, they can subject employees to. They're on the lookout all the time. To answer the question, why would they do this? Well, it keeps them in control of about half the country or a third of the country. It keeps them in control. It keeps them employed to say, we're here fighting the good fight for you. Can't fire me. I got to have this job. No, you're killing these people. San Francisco's renowned Lowell High School abolished its own merit-based emissions this month. Abolished its merit-based emissions in large part because a student body selected by merit will have too many Asian Americans and too few students from other minority groups. God. Oh. What a slap in the face to Asian kids. Asian American mm -hmm. kids. Hispanic kids. Hmong kids. Black kids. These people are frauds. These people are dangerous frauds. The progressive's contention is that admitting students on individual merit is really about upholding white dominance. Well, right, because they've done nothing but told us to, to preach inclusion, uh, equity, all, all of those things for years. And this does the exact opposite of that. It's just, it's just, it's beyond my comprehension. Also, there's a tremendous uh, misuse of the word equity. Uh, equity yeah. is what you have in your house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you still have the list of uh, the white privilege things that Coca-Cola had? Do you still do. have that list? I do. Read those again. I want to I cross some off. Yeah, well, you got to cross all of them off. They don't make sense. Oh, where did I put it? Well, I mean, things that have nothing to do with being white. To be less white is to be less oppressive, be less arrogant. Cross so, so a black person can't be arrogant, apparently. Yep, cross that off. Be less certain. Why would Cross I want to go off. through life being less certain about anything, no matter what my race is? Confidence is what gets bleep done in this country. <laughs> go ahead. Be less defensive. Uh, cross it off. No. Be if you less. Believe in what you're doing. Be defensive, no matter what color your skin is. Go be ahead. less ignorant. Well, but you first should. you want me to be less certain. Right. But you also want me to be less certain. Well, I think being less uh, er, uh, ignorant is a, a good goal for all of us, humanity, to have. <laughs> Keep going. Be more humble. That's a universal yeah, value. That has nothing it, to do with race. That's nothing that to do with Bible. Race. Let's start over with this list. All right. What does being less oppressive have to do with your skin color? Everyone's capable of oppression. Everyone. Right. What does being less arrogant have to do with skin color? Uh, 
Uh, everyone's capable of everyone's capable of arrogance. Yeah. What does being less certain have anything to do with skin color? Nothing. Less defensive. Nothing. Less ignorant. Nothing. Be more humble. We can all be more humble. Absolutely. And then it says, listen. That's to be less white is to listen. Oh, okay. Okay. And and to believe. Believe what? <laughs> the less certain stuff you're told that you don't know anything about? <laughs> To be less white is to break with apathy. I think, I think you, uh, in fact, need to listen more, especially to our off-air stories when we're entertaining <laughs> you about our, our personal lives. Right. And, and you say, uh, what's coming up on the ride? So they're in the lab at Coke, and they're working with formulas uh, to create the newest soft drink. All right. Well, uh, I'm not certain this will work. Good you know, it, I'm not certain this amount of sugar is the right amount. Uh, who do I ask? Well, you're the you're the pro. You well, tell me. I have doubts that this will be a successful product, yeah. and I'm going to be damn arrogant yeah. about it too, telling you what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that something? Joe, break, is, break with white solidarity. I have no idea what that means. I don't feel solidarity with anyone much less white people oh, I just, I, the people i can't stand the most are the people i agree with <laughs> <laughs> at the risk of you ordering scan uh, coins being thrown in the scan bucket well get ready for them is is what you're reading now here with what's going on with coca-cola and so many other corporations throughout the country is this the trickle-down effect of what we've been seeing with the failed academy and now these people that have been growing up through the failed academy now entering the real world and thinking that this is 100% a career that I need to reach out and become a part of. I will only change your words and you will not get coins. It's not a trickle-down theory. It's a trickle-up. These are the woke people coming from failed academies and landing jobs at Coca-Cola. Yeah, don't think it. Don't think it's any different at Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank, big law you. firms, uh, the capital of the United Target, States of America, the capital of the United States of America, uh, the the progressive mysterians uh, peddling this evil are winning. They're winning just like in Minneapolis. The radicals are winning political causes, caucuses. So you end up with a Philippe Cunningham instead of a real person like Barbara Johnson. This is trickle. This is trickle up, Chris. Ah, who do I end up with instead of Barb Johnson? Philippe Cunningham. Hmm. The police chief's role is to be able to have a vision of what it means for us to have a strong um, focus on what should police be focusing on. A complete moron. <laughs> complete moron. <laughs> I'm going to get you that as your ringtone for your cell phone, I think. Black parents, black parents, will you please push back? Please. You've got to. You're being sold a bill of goods. You're being lied to. You're being diminished and insulted. And it's resulting in nothing but problems all across the country. The, the the problem I have with you saying this, and you say it every show many times, is I don't believe black parents are on board with this. I hope uh, not. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think we're preaching to the choir here. Well, if you're a black parent listening to GL, your kids will be okay. But if you're a but black I, parent who's unaware of what we're trying to point out, they're in trouble. 
Yeah, I, I just thinking in my circle of friends and acquaintances, I don't know anybody that's on board with this. But maybe well, that's a maybe that's a white privilege. Right, you're I have you're in. not woke enough yet, Kenny. That's why. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. What do you think the answers would be if you uh, if you asked every member of the Minneapolis City Council what they think about this? Oh, this this. The, yeah, 100% be on single, Absolutely. Yeah, They'd be all 100%. be on board. Yeah, yeah. Right up what if you ask, the wheelhouse. What if you ask the people bringing about the changes to Minnesota's uh, public school social studies programs? Well, they not, only would, uh, uh, they not only would endorse this, they're hustling to bring it about right here in Minnesota. Right. Or, or kids they, are being disabused of the idea that achievement is your destiny. No, they're saying achievement is merely a white application to life and it doesn't concern you or they're going to take it and say oh this isn't this isn't good enough we need to ramp it up a little bit more yep they're taking they're taking tremendous liberties with the lives of children of color and it's just a crying sin it's a sin and again i realize that for many people that's just a quaint quaint idea they would have no bleeping idea what that even means because their religion is either the the, their mother, the earth, or a critical race theory, or uh, anarchy. Uh, real briefly, there was a piece in the Washington Post by a woman who's a labor organizer who wrote an apology for anarchists today in the Washington Post and said they just imagine a different uh, life full of oh, unicorns and butterflies. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Stop blaming everything bad on anarchists. Yeah. They're the they're at the protests because being an anarchist means dreaming of a kinder, more equitable society. While they destroy Kim buildings. Yep. Well, it's Joe, just that's, pathetic. that's just pathetic. bricks and mortar, Joe. It is. It is. And, and tearing it down will result in a happier life. Right. What? Kim Kelly is a freelance writer and labor organizer based in Brooklyn who's writing on labor, radical politics, and culture has appeared in The Times, The Guardian, The New Republic, Teen Vogue, I don't know why we keep going back Teen to that Vogue. worthless pile of crap. Uh, Pacific Standard, I've never heard of that, and other publications. Meanwhile. Oh, and you know what, Joe? Hmm. This was written June 4th. June 20, 4th, 2020. 2020. Yeah. Why, was it, why was it appearing now? Yeah, why is it? Mm-hmm. I don't think it was in the post That's why now, I'm not giving it? it a lot of time. And June 4th would be before Portland turned into formerly Portland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in Minneapolis, meanwhile, uh, Lake Street east of 35W is still smoldering 10 months later. Mm -hmm. yep. Let's come back with Johnny's news. Should we? Sure. Oh, okay. Why don't we Why do that? not? I have been a client of the Canopy Group for five years, and at my last renewal, they are still saving me money. Patrick Ricey here to talk to you about your home and auto insurance. How long have you been with your current insurance company? When was the last time your agent called you and said they could save you money and get you better coverage? This just happened to me. Truly, it did. Each year, the Canopy Group reviews my home and auto insurance with their 16 companies. This year, they saved me an additional $791. How? Because the Canopy Group is keeping an eye on my insurance needs and making sure I am always with the right insurance provider. Paying less and getting more is a concept I like. 
I can't promise that you'll save $791, but I can promise you they'll give you options. They'll even tell you if you should stay where you are with that company. Do what I did and contact them at thecanopygroup.com. That's thecanopygroup.com. Rolling, Maverick. Okay. Go ahead. One, two, three, four. a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. This, this be big height and little height. That's right. And this be the Iceman for our friends at Harmony Spirits. So, uh, gentlemen, I just retweeted a very cool photo from our guy Kevin McDonald who uh, submitted this over the weekend. Check out this photo, Joe, on Twitter. He's in his man cave. He's got golf on in the background. He's got two cool North Star jerseys framed in the man cave and a nice big bottle of vodka where I'm assuming he made a, uh, what does that look like there? I can't really tell from this picture, but I don't care because he bought a bottle of Harmony Spirits. That's all we asked. Boy, that's a hell of a man cave. That is. (laughs) The official craft spirits of Garage Logic located in Harmony, Minnesota. Stop in at that tasting room now. And, uh, and check them out. It's a beautiful spot down in Harmony, Minnesota. But also go into 30 Bales and you can check out the Garage Logic Manhattan. That's available now at 30 Bales. But sign up for that monthly newsletter reg- that gets you registered for a free bottle of Harmony Spirits. And continue to go into your local liquor store and ask for the Harmony brand by name. And let them know you heard about it right here on Garage Logic. Here's Johnny Height. Didn't distract you too much, I hope, Kristen. I loved it. No, not at all. That was great. Okay, good. That was fun. Uh, This uh, update, well, he's usually home uh, his two days off or the same days I'm on, so I should drag him down here more often. Yes. Uh, This uh, update is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Governor Tim Walz announcing his 2021 local jobs and projects plan on Monday. The governor's capital investment recommendation for the current legislative session. The plan, usually we call it the bonding bill, Uh, It calls for investing $518 million in projects across the state to maintain existing assets, invest in communities, and leverage available federal funds, according to the governor's office. The bonding bill includes $240 million in general obligation bonds, $250 million in appropriation bonds, and additional $28.3 in general fund cash. General obligation bonds are backed by the state's full faith and credit and finance publicly owned capital projects. According to the governor's office, deferred maintenance needs for state agencies total more than $1.7 billion. Uh, skipping down a little bit, we see the plan also includes... $150 million for redevelopment appropriation bonds to support rebuilding efforts in Minneapolis and St. Paul in the areas damaged by civil unrest. In May and June, that investment, they say, would create or retain jobs, preserve the tax base, support enterprise development, and wealth creation for people adversely affected by poverty and what they call long-standing structural racial discrimination and also help prevent displacement of low-income residents, according to the governor's office. This will all be voted on, correct? Yeah, it uh, all yep. goes to the legislature now. Uh, from the Star Tribune, scores of homeless Minnesotans used to sleeping in cars, on couches, or in tents will have a new safe place to stay this spring. Minneapolis nonprofit Avivo is opening an indoor village with Good. tiny houses in March, providing a COVID safe and secure place for 100 adults. 
The two-year pilot program called Avivo Village could become a post-pandemic template for private emergency shelters and places of the usual congregate sleeping places. Emily Bastian is with Avivo's uh, Chemical and Mental Health Division. She says, I think something like this can be replicated. We're hoping it's a model that will bring more people indoors. They clearly listened to Garage Logic. Do you know why? 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 Didn't I tout this uh, phony morgue that Walls brought, right. bought? Didn't I say, yes. can't we put compartments in there? And, and uh, I, I think I was adding on saying offering treatment and things like that. But I was saying you could build little cubicles in there and get people off the cold weather. Yeah. Uh-huh. I yeah, say don't so. build, uh, just haul in shipping containers. There you go. Yeah. All right. There's yeah. your new home. Shipping containers. Authorities say an Otter Tail County deputy was under the influence of the powerful painkiller fentanyl while involved in a high-speed chase oh that God. ended in a deadly crash. Deputy Kelly Backman is charged with misconduct by a police officer and driving while intoxicated for the October incident that killed a couple in Fergus Falls. Court documents show that Backman was in pursuit of a minivan driven by a man who was the subject of a drug investigation. The minivan allegedly ran a stop sign and caused a crash that killed 72-year-old Steve Christensen and his 71-year-old wife Diane, both of Fergus Falls. The complaint said that in addition to the fentanyl that was detected in his system, the officer tested positive for an anti-anxiety medication that had been prescribed. I think that was right in downtown too, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, that I don't know. I think I was in Fergus that day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here, this answer. You guys talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, this, this about the uh, the vaccination thing you sign up for. Uh, mm-hmm. and you were wondering about all the questions, why they were asking them. Uh, well, today, uh, leaders both the state and federal levels are turning their efforts to fight COVID-19 toward communities of color. As vaccinations continue to ramp up, people in those communities are still seeing higher chances of hospitalizations. Uh, now, the vaccine connector tool that started to roll out, you guys talked about yesterday why they had so many goofy questions. Mm-hmm. Well, the online questionnaire asks about demographics, including race, ethnicity, and many other things. State leaders told our friends downstairs at 5 Eyewitness News those questions are designed to make sure the state meets its goals for, quote, equity and fairness. Tuesday, Mm -hmm. Governor Walls will be meeting with organization leaders in Minneapolis to make sure black, indigenous, and people of color know about the tool and to make sure there aren't any language barrier issues. While this will help officials better understand how the state is handling the vaccine rollout, leaders say they've already started to gather some of that data. As for when information about how the state is handling vaccinations for people of color could be released, officials say they're not ready to share any specific numbers but but wait a minute wait a minute when they say that they're referencing places where there are just more people it doesn't really matter what race you are in other words they're referring to the inner city where there's 25 times the people that are in outstate minnesota but i suspected yesterday the reason they were asking these questions is to determine if they're getting the vaccines to a wide uh, percentage of the population right Hmm. And I think percentage is the key word there, Chris. Okay. So you agree with what Joe just said, John? About? Because I took away from what you just said is that they're trying to reach their own goals as opposed to serve the minority communities more. Or but their goals, the must, their, their, goals, their goals must include serving minority communities. Yeah. I kind of t- what Joe said and what you're saying I kind of are almost One related, and the same. I gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Related. All right. All right. 
Uh, meanwhile, flags are flying at half stack, uh, staff around the U.S. and in Minnesota, signifying the half million deaths from COVID-19. I was wondering President- that driving in today why that was the case. Yeah, the president ordered flags on federal property lowered to half-staff for five days, and Governor Walls has ordered flags to fly at half-staff also until Friday. Testifying publicly for the first time about the January 6th insurrection, former security officials are throwing blame on the Pentagon, the intelligence community, and each other for the disastrous failure to anticipate the violent intentions of the mob and defend the Capitol. In prepared remarks before two Senate committees Tuesday morning, former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sun describing a scene that he said was like nothing he had seen in his 30 years of policing. He said when the group arrived at the perimeter, they did not act like any group of protesters I had ever seen. Congress is set to hear from the former U.S. Capitol security officials for the first time about the massive law enforcement failures on January 6th. Three of the four scheduled to testify Tuesday before two Senate committees resigned under pressure right after the deadly attack, including Sund. A lot still remains unknown about what happened before and during the assault. Lawmakers are expected to aggressively question the former officials about what went wrong. How much did law enforcement agencies know about plans? How did the agency share that information? And how could the Capitol Police have been ill-prepared for that violent insurrection that was organized online? Meanwhile, President Biden's nominee for Attorney General Merrick Garland at his confirmation hearing yesterday told senators his first briefing once he takes office at the Justice Department will be on the assault on the U.S. Capitol. Garland, currently a federal appeals court judge who worked previously in the Clinton uh, Clinton Justice Department overseeing the prosecution of convicted Oklahoma City bomber Timothy McVeigh in the 1990s, said the threat from domestic terrorism is even greater right now. More details on a very different Minneapolis auto show are appearing now. Uh, In May, they'll hold it in May this year, and history will be made when the Twin Cities Auto Show opens at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. For the first time in 48 years, the show will go on outdoors. Cool. Hmm. Hmm. Hundreds of new vehicles will be displayed where midway rides typically thrill fairgoers each summer. There will also be seven neighborhoods spread across the fairgrounds, each showcasing uh, showcasing motorized vehicles and activities around different themes. Scott Lambert is president of the Greater uh, Metropolitan Automobile Dealers Association, which produces the show. He said they're hoping to take full advantage of all 322 acres in the area. He said it'll be a much bigger extravaganza around the celebration of automobiles. Uh, Last year, it only ran six days at the convention center before organizers closed it down because of the pandemic. Usually it's held in March, but by waiting two months, Lambert is hoping to avoid a repeat of 2020 question for you guys i didn't read the piece just saw the headline uh are the uh the people that go to the show are they going to be forced to wear masks outdoors good question uh, i i don't yeah. know who knows then they don't yeah. know the first thing that came to mind uh, is this has got to be good news for the hopes of a oh, state fair yes right it sounds yeah. kind of cool to tell you I, the truth yeah i do have an then again i like cars right to kenny's question uh, yes, COVID-19 procedures will still be in place, including a requirement to wear a mask. So, outdoors. Outdoors, yep. So there you go. Well, I guess I'll miss it. Do you think <laughs> Minnesotans would accept Do you think Minnesotans would accept a state fair in which they are required to wear a mask? Yes. I think they'd lap it up, Such. I think okay. the tickets would sell out instantly. All right. But open. then you obviously you're removing it every two minutes to eat something else. True, but yeah. what will happen, no. I bet, is they'll end up selling your ticket is good for Friday the twenty third. 
Oh. I bet that that's so what they end up doing. What mm. I do then is I wear my mask in the grounds as I enter while pulling the big red wagon. I stop at Turkey to go. And for the next six hours, I am never without a turkey sandwich in, in my your, hand. You haul Just around a little red wagon? Full of turkey sandwiches. Full of turkey yeah. sandwiches. It's yeah. so a big, big I'll, wagon full. I'll always kinda, have a turkey sandwich in my hand. It'd be kind of <laughs> neat to go to that car show and do kind of a dry run for the fair in case something like that ever came up, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Well, we'll yeah. see what happens. Well, let's see. And I'll have to do every two minutes. Let's see. I'll have to stop at the ballpark cafe for a yeah. surly. So, then I'm going to have to go over to the egg building to get my flight. They will have food, by the way, during the car show. They announced. Oh, they will. Wait yep. a second. Yep. Now, you've already committed us to an appearance on opening of fishing up in. Uh, uh, are we going to. I'm not talking into this microphone wearing a mask. I'm putting my foot down right now. Well, don't worry about it. We don't know what we're going to do. Don't worry about it. <laughs> The wife of Mexican drug kingpin Joaquin El Chapo Guzman has been arrested here in the U.S., accused of helping the hubby run his multi-billion dollar cartel and plot his escape from a Mexican prison in 2015. 31-year-old Emma Coronel Ispiero, a former beauty queen, was arrested at Dulles International Airport in Virginia on Monday and will appear in federal court on Tuesday afternoon. Her arrest, the latest twist in the multinational saga involving Guzman, the longtime head of the Sonola drug cartel. His two dramatic prison escapes in Mexico fed into a legend that he and his family were all but untouchable. Uh, he was extradited, though, here to the U.S. in 2017 and is now serving life in prison. That's love. I'm surprised she didn't get bumped off somewhere along the way. Oh, they, they, they married when she was 18? Yeah, she was much younger than uh, El Chapo. You want a I'll little trivia on. about him? You want a little trivia about sure, him? Sure, sure. Absolutely. Apparently, uh, he indulged himself with a magnificent zoo at his right. palace or wherever the hell he right. lived, including hippopotamuses, which are changing the ecology of the whole area because they're right. destroying stuff that other animals need to eat or whatever. Really? So uh-huh. there's a lot of hippos down there. Yep. So El Chapo, he probably said, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I knew you were going to do that. I wouldn't have said anything, Chris, had I known he was going to do that. (laughs) As soon as you said hippopotamus, I knew John was going to go there. Follow up to a story we had a while back, a plan to rename 44 San Francisco schools. Remember this? Yes. Including including those honoring Presidents Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein. Well, that plan's now been put on hold. Somebody push back, John. Gabriela Lopez, newly elected as president of the school board, said in a statement Sunday that school officials should focus on reopening schools right now amid the coronavirus pandemic and not other things. She canceled further hearings by a renaming committee. Lopez called the school renaming issue one of many distracting debates, noting the process began before anyone anticipated a pandemic shutting down in-person schooling. She wrote, I acknowledge and take responsibility that were, uh, mistakes were made in the renaming process. When the renaming project opens, district leaders will seek a more deliberative process, she says, that will involve historians along with parents and educators. The school board had voted 6-1 to one back on January 26th to strip the names, now considered offensive apparently, from 44 San Francisco schools. Trustee Mark Sanchez said at the time, it's a message to our families, it's not just symbolic, it's a moral 
message. Parents and teachers at each school would have had until April to propose new names. The renaming project expected to cost $440,000. Here we go again. A man who was expecting his first child killed on Sunday, his brother injured, when a device they were preparing for a gender reveal party exploded in a garage in the Catskills in New York. New York State Police. No, no, no. Well, no. Christopher Peckney, huh, John? That's him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twenty-eight years old. Died in his. Yeah. Uh, y- yeah. Y- you know what's going to trigger the lot of us? Could you just stop bringing in, in the trigger Joe stuff? Trigger Joe. Job. That should it's be a name of a gun shop. Trigger, trigger Joe. Trigger Joe. <laughs> <laughs> or a cowboy. Hey, Trigger Joe. What are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing a radio show <laughs> on the internet. Well, this dumb. <laughs> Careful. Careful. He won't even get to see his baby. Right. He won't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We should God almighty. Uh, the What's cause wrong of with the, uh, Cause of the explosions under investigation. Apparently, they were building a device or trying to that consisted of some kind of pipe that was to be used at the gender reveal party. Oh, oh. The uh, oldest of the brothers, who was not there at the time, called what happened the freakiest of freak accidents that he could ever imagine. He said his brother, Michael, was in stable condition at a hospital, and the doctors were able to rebuild a damaged knee. Mm. Uh, Explosive devices used at gender reveal events have been linked to at least two deaths since 2019 and two major wildfires. Peter Peckney said his brothers were very mechanically inclined and that they could fix and do anything well apparently well, not no, wait hold on then you get this one uh, uh, don't know that <laughs> he described his brother christopher as a gifted mechanic who liked to rebuild motors and take cars apart and put them back together christopher peckney learned just before christmas that his girlfriend was pregnant and that they were having a boy peter peckney said well if he knew then why were they doing a reveal thank you That's i was right. wondering about that myself yeah well for to get on social media you know how you have a theory, Joe, about uh, the world went to hell when we started to put leashes on dogs? Yep. I think the next wave of that is when, when the gender reveal party started. That's, that's when yep. also the world took another turn down. down really did. Down Hell Avenue. <laughs> Police in Pakistan's largest city, Karachi, this creates a weird picture in the mind, are deploying an armed rollerblading unit to curb theft and harassment <laughs> on its teeming streets. Hmm gliding in a circle with their weapons pointed inwards and lifting and lowering the guns in unison. The 20-member unit clad in black underwent some rigorous training lately. Farooq Ali, chief of the unit, said we felt we needed to come up with an innovative approach to control street crime. He said officers on rollerblades could more easily chase thieves on motorcycles through the city of 20 million. 20 million, that's a lot of people. 20 million people in Karachi? Karachi, yeah. Wow. Ali conceded that rollerblading police could not be deployed across many parts of Karachi because of Grass. poor road, poor oh. road conditions and <laughs> was, uneven footpaths. Uh, okay. <laughs> he said, though, they would be sent to public places with a higher incident of theft and harassment. A policewoman on the unit, Anila Aslam, said this is just the beginning. This rollerblading will really benefit us. With this training, we can reach narrow alleys very quickly where it's usually hard to go. Safety concerns were raised when initial footage of the Karachi unit's training showed officers carrying heavier weapons. But Ali said the unit would now carry only handguns, reducing the risk of any bullets ricocheting. 
A woman looking to pick up a new hobby was in for a big surprise with her latest thrift store find. According to a Seattle Police Department press release, the woman had just purchased a kit to crochet animal hats at a Seattle area thrift store on Sunday. When she opened the kit, she found a heavy, suspicious-looking item encased in yellow rubber with 100% written on the outside. Oh. It, gave off, it gave off an odd odor. Oh, oh. uh-oh. Woman called 911, prompting officers to take possession of the suspicious package. Of course. Officials later confirmed the package contained a kilogram of cocaine. Wow. How much is that, Chris, a kilo? (laughs) I'll look it up. (laughs) Police say the substance has been placed into evidence. A key, as they say. A key. Yeah. Also from Seattle, this story from uh, last week, but interesting nonetheless, I think. After trying every which way to secure an appointment to get her COVID-19 vaccination, a 90-year-old woman from Seattle set off on foot in the snow when one finally opened. The Seattle Times says Fran Goldman tried grocery stores, pharmacies, and her state health department to get a vaccine. Her daughter even tried to get help. Then Friday, Fran found an appointment for Sunday at Seattle Children's Hospital about three miles away. Saturday, they got several inches of snow in Seattle. She did a trial run bundling up and grabbing her walking sticks. She made it about two-thirds of the way to the hospital, decided she would be able to make it for the whole appointment. So on Sunday, she again bundled up and set out. It took her one hour and 15 minutes to walk the three miles. She's 90, remember? See, that's the whole point of this story. Hell, that'd probably take me an hour and 15 minutes. It was uphill both directions, right? In the snow. (laughs) Uh, Candy, to answer your question, by the way, a kilo of cocaine is around... Uh, eighteen thousand dollars in Colombia, but it'll cost up to thirty thousand in New York City. I was actually looking for a kilo to pound. Uh, yeah, uh, how, how how big is a kilo? Like how much does it weigh? Uh, yeah. Oh Jesus, of, you guys are high maintenance. I, I knew what I knew what he meant right away. It's just, so. I it's did part too, of our John. I did. It's too, part John. of our plan okay. to keep you busy, Chris. Oh, <laughs> so quit talking. One kilogram is equal to two point two zero four six two two six two one eight five pounds. That's not so much. Two so and just some over two pounds. pounds two so. and a quarter. Yeah. Huh. Uh, this seems gutsy. Omaha, Nebraska. Police are investigating a robbery at a credit union on Monday. The credit union that was robbed? The Omaha Police Federal Credit oh, Union. Oh, that's oh. not a good spot. Oh, ballsy. Man went into the credit union holding a gun, demanded money from the register, described as a large man wearing a black coat and a mask. The man left after taking an unknown amount of money. Witnesses say they saw the man get into a dirty white SUV with no plates and speed toward I-80 West. Uh, So far, nobody's been arrested. John, in the event you were considering a run to Grunhofer's, may I uh, advise you there is a new latest brat creation, the spinach, bacon, and mozzarella brat. This Mm. is fresh out of Spencer's Kitchen. It's now available at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, right on Highway 61. This in addition, of course, to the three meatloafs that are taking the world by storm. The meatloaf, Mm -hmm. the town ball meatloaf, And the Minnesota meatloaf. They're making 400 pounds a week. And they do have now a new one-pound containers. But don't worry, not everybody rifles those down on the way home like Reavers. So you can still take home like a civilized person. 
the two-pound size and cook it in your own kitchen where it's best served. Soup meats are still in stock, and they're selling fast this winter. This winter has motivated GLers to create a pot of fresh meat soups. Uh, GLers, you've turned the place into a magical destination. It's not even a magical mystery tour. You know where it is. It's right at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. It's called Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. They've just added on thousands of new square feet to continue to dream up and create these wonderful new products that are taking the the meat world by storm and it's just fantastic grunhofer's old-fashioned meats and john uh do you like spinach uh-huh. i love spinach uh, i do i actually do like spinach i do too yep spinach bacon and mozzarella brat i'm going to try that the next that time sounds wonderful i'm at grunhofer's on highway 61 in Hugo, yes, John? I, I was going to mention, I heard yesterday, you promo, I love their sliders. It's perfect. You throw them on a little Hawaiian bun. Oh, yeah. You mentioned jalapeno sliders they now yeah. have. Yeah. Yep. I will be up there to buy a package of those. Well, is that a warning? Soon. Is that a, is that a warning or a watch? That's, that's a jalapeno slider watch, yes. Okay, it's definitely. a watch. Okay. A watch we'll, for now, yes. We'll, uh, we'll return shortly. If you're looking for a place to build your future, think Sioux Falls. I'm Dean Diesick. And I'm Denise Gazetta from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. If you're planning your next career step or starting your own business, Sioux Falls has opportunities for you today. You'll find easy access to shopping, sports, and top flight entertainment, and an entrepreneur-friendly environment in a creative community. The Sioux Falls economy is growing fast, and we have great careers available for those who want to build a better future. Visit the Talent and Workforce Portal at Sioux Falls Development Development.com for all the reasons you should consider Sioux Falls. In Sioux Falls, companies invest in developing talent to accelerate your career track. It doesn't matter what your skill set is. We have a great opportunity for you. We're seeing growth right now in health and biosciences, along with engineering design. Whether you're a teacher or a technician, a web designer or a welder, Sioux Falls has a place for you. Discover your new career and build your better future in Sioux Falls. Visit Talent and Workforce at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Hey, it's Reavers here once again for Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. And Josh has a very simple question for you, and it's, do you know what you own? You see, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold's clients, they always know what they own. And Josh has found that most people that he meets with every single day, they have no idea. Josh has seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds, and there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that these bonds currently yield. So Josh begs of you, no what you own and make sure you tune into garage logic every tuesday and thursday for mr money talks report you're going to hear it from himself that's right josh joins us every tuesday and thursday in garage logic trust is often overused and it's even harder to find please you can take it from me that you can trust josh give him a call today for that free 48 minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608 that's 952-925-5608 investment advisor services offered by josh arnold investment consultant LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Universal Garage Logic 98. College of Self-Esteem. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Here's today's ray of hope. Oh, you want one, do you? Yes, I do. 
It's from Derek, who writes, Joe, today my first grader learned that George Washington would be 289 years old today. He dated this letter yesterday, if he was still alive. I said to myself, this seems like George Washington was painted in a positive light. Then he handed me a worksheet that they had completed at school, which was a cutout of the Washington Monument, glued to construction paper, with positive facts about the first U.S. president. Then, for a couple of minutes, he talked about several more things he learned about George Washington's life and beliefs, including how he believed that the colonies should not have to pay taxes to King George III. Even though I'm about three hours east of those tall buildings that you see every day, I wasn't expecting this. That's a ray of hope. That is a ray of hope. It's a ray of hope. And only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from our friend Tom Lyman. It was on this day in uh, 1980. <laughs> Tom Lyman also sent some new sounders because uh, Rookie had one job and failed miserably. <laughs> and so uh, he sent some railroad uh, horns, which I are that. really, I forwarded it to him. Yep, I saw that. On this day in 1983, Feb 23rd. Wait a minute. Oh, in 1983. I thought it was 1980, in which case it would have been one day after the Olympics. 1983, on this day, Mark Pavlich became the first U.S.-born National Hockey League player to score five goals in a game when the Eveleth native and member of the gold medal-winning Miracle on Ice 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team led the New York Rangers to an 11-3 victory over the Hartford Whalers in New York City. Uh, Pav has fallen on some hard times recently, but he's yeah, he's going to come out prayer. the other side, and he's being cared for, so. and God bless him. Good luck to him. Yeah, and on this day, for Pav. and on this day in 1854, Houston County is created, honoring Sam Houston of Texas, a popular presidential candidate. I have no reason why I, I mention that because I have no reason why we would have named a county after some guy down in Houston. <laughs> Makes no sense to me. Isn't there a state? And on this day, state? And, and on this day in 1854, Winona County is established. Wait, it's wait, named wait, for stop. a Dakota woman. Back up. Uh, our our vodka company, Chris Harmony Spirits. Are, aren't they in? I'm looking at a map. Aren't they in Houston County? Oh, is that right? I don't know. Oh, yes, they are. That a boy, Kenny. Good snag. Hennepin, no, Houston, wow. Hubbard are your H counties. Wait. Uh, further, this is going to require further research. Hold on. Oh, for God's sake. Keep going, Joe. Let me fill some time. On this day in 1854, <laughs> Winona County was established. It is named for a Dakota woman, a, call, a cousin of the leader Wabashaw. Another Winona, the name means firstborn daughter, is remembered in the legend of a young woman who leapt from a rock and uh, uh, rather than marry the man selected by her parents. Maiden Rock on Lake Pepin oh. is named for that event. Hmm. I did not know I was that. close, you were. but I was wrong. Harmony is in Fillmore, yep. right next no. to Houston. Fillmore, Fairbowl, Fremont. Fillmore. No, You're Fairbowl, missing one. Fillmore, Fremont. You're missing one. An F, an F County? Yeah, isn't Fairbowl, Fillmore, Fremont. What am I missing? Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. One more. Hey. You guys, you guys know we're still on, right? I know, yeah. <laughs> 1892, 
Watson's Colored Chorus, an African-American musical group with 250 singers from Minneapolis and St. Paul, gave a concert featuring choruses, glees, banjo, guitar, and vocal solos, jubilees, and plantation songs at Minneapolis's Lyceum Theater. The best reserved seats cost 50 cents apiece. Hmm. It's on this day. Interesting. Thank you, G. Ellers. Yeah, Fairbowl Fillmore. I looked it up. You were right, Joe. Fairbowl Fillmore Freeborn. I thought there was another F one, but I was no. uh, I'm mistaken. Boy, nope. nothing derails us faster than county talk. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Such. <laughs> Joe, what's the largest county in the state of Minnesota? You ought to know this. I I don't know what it be. It's got to be Stearns, isn't it? Uh, no, it's um, St. Louis County. St. Louis. County. Oh, right. Yeah. St. Louis yeah. County. Why, why would we name a county after Sam Houston? Scott, Sherburn, Sibley, St. Louis, Stern, Steele, Stevenson, Swift. How about Sioux Falls? That's the place, and now is the time. Sioux Falls has build-ready what sites. What county is that in? That's in uh, South Dakota, John. And available buildings to get your company up and running fast. Any size company will find fewer taxes, less red tape, and higher profits in Sioux Falls. Check them out online at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Please subscribe to the Garage Logic Show on YouTube and download the PodMN app. Kenneth Allen Olson. Quick, Joe. B. Beats and Boy. B counties. Uh, Becker, Beltrami, Benton, Big Stone, Blue Earth, and Brown. He will do this C, all day. C, C, C counties. C. Carlton, Carver, Cass, Chippewa, Chisago, Clay, Clearwater, <laughs> Cook County. Jeez. Clearwater, Cook, and uh, what's the last one? <laughs> I don't know. Crookston. Chisago. <laughs> Carlton Carver Cash, Chisago. How about Scott? Carlton Carver Cash. I'm going to hit the button right now. I'm going to hit the button right now. Clearwater Cook. What the hell? I have to look it up. It's that time once again here in Garage Logic where we check with our guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. He's on the line with us right now. You should check in with Josh today for that free 48-minute financial consultation by calling 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you're going to get Josh and you're always going to get straight talk. You're never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us right now. And Josh, you'd like to begin with interest rates, Bitcoin, and stocks today. Take it away, sir. Let's just talk about interest rates first. The short-term rise in longer-term interest rates has a number of large-scale investors, maybe smaller investors, panicked a little bit because the long bond, 30-year bond, is above 2%. Oh my gosh, horror upon horrors. The long bond is at 2%. Inflation is coming rapidly. Sell stock and go buy bonds or go buy bond-related proxies. Maybe buy some bank. Guess what, folks? Interest rates on the long end are back where they were a year ago. And at 2% on the long bond, that's still, statistically speaking, very low. I know that there's this concern that rampant inflation is coming back, given all the money that has been coming into the system from various relief and stimulus measures. Indeed, there are some who say that the additional $1.9 trillion stimulus relief bill might be way too much at this particular point in time. The Treasury chief said, go big or go home. Chairman Powell has talked about the need to keep interest rates, at least on the short term, low for the foreseeable future because inflation is not at the Fed's target. Now, it might move up and down on a month-to-month basis as the price of oil moves up or the price of certain commodities move up, but we still don't have wage inflation. Congress is pushing for some minimum wage inflation, wages up over a period of time to $15 
dollars an hour. Yes, that is probably necessary, but we don't have overall wage inflation pressures, nor do I see any of the mega inflation trends that existed in the 70s. My favorite tech companies already into a correction in a market pullback of 5 to 10%. We've talked about that, that it was coming for the last two months. Here's an opportunity to take advantage of the cash that should be in your portfolio. At least it's in my client's portfolios as we followed a asset allocation model of keeping up to 30% in cash, 30 to 60% in value-oriented companies, the balance in growth, and for shorter-term trading. With a focus on internet-related companies, leisure-related businesses, China-related businesses, real assets, and again, shorter-term trading. I can put that cash to work in favorite names that have been knocked down. Whether it's been Apple unnecessarily pummeled, Apple having trouble with a shortage of chips, and also looking at Apple as a bond proxy given their tremendous free cash flow. Today, up their price target on Apple from 150 to 175. My target is 200, but that's a nice boost. Microsoft also has been hurt. Pray tell, what does Microsoft have to do with rising interest rates? You're going to need their products, whether interest rates are high or low. Same is true of Adobe. Meantime, companies associated with Bitcoin or companies that have been putting a lot of money into Bitcoin as part of their strategy, whether it's a company like MicroStrategy, whether it's a company like Overstock.com, Square, PayPal, or Tesla have seen their stocks come down because Bitcoin's price has also come down. I have been very, very cautious on Bitcoin. If it's supposed to be an alternative asset, Okay, it's an alternative asset. Is it backed by anything? Not really, other than a scarcity of Bitcoin. Be very, very careful. Stick to companies that are producing products or services that people want and need. And that's the kind of sound advice that you will get, GLers, each and every time that you meet with Mr. Money Talk. Do yourself a favor and give that call today to 952-925-5608. Again, that's that free 48-minute financial consultation with Mr. Money Talk himself. 952-925-5608. Josh, as always, thanks so much for the time and the chat, and we will talk to you on Thursday. You got it. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.